Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Helena Nordegren, sales executive at Finestra. Finestra, one of the world's largest fintechs working with over 9,000 customers, including 90 of the top 100 banks globally. Their scale and reach allows them to build long-lasting relationships that puts their customers and their customers' customers first. Helena is an experienced sales and relationship manager in complex sales with a passion for making customer successful curiosity for technology with an entrepreneurial mindset. She has a banking background having worked for Fortis Bank, Deutsche and JP Morgan. And today she is here to share her journey. So welcome, Helena. I'm very happy to have you here on an episode. Thank you, Nadia. It's a pleasure to be here. Very exciting. So tell us a bit more about your role at Finastra. At Finastra, I work as a, a sales executive. That means that I'm responsible for everything that we sell to certain clients. So I have a few clients that are totally my responsibility. No matter what to do with Finastra, I will be the ultimate point of contact to them. We have actually, at Finastra, we have some 9,000 clients. Among them, there are 50 that are strategic clients. And one of them, I have the pleasure of working with. So it's very exciting because then I can ex focus extra on that client and, and develop a more strategic relationship, which I really like. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about your journey to this current position. Yeah, I have a really long journey before I ended up here. I started once upon a time in the Ministry for Foreign Affairs in Stockholm in Sweden and thinking I would go abroad to some really exotic places. But I ended up in, in, in Spain, in Sevilla for a while before I got a phone call and they asked me to come and work for the Swedish Prime Minister. So I couldn't, I couldn't resist that. You couldn't resist that one, no. <laughs> no, so that was very exciting. I had a few years. They lost their election, and so my job disappeared. That's the fun thing, working in political areas. A few of us went into a financial company called Alfred Berg, but a few days before I started, Alfred Berg was purchased by a big bank called Abian Amro Bank, and that's really how I came into banking. It's great to hear the journey because a lot of people think, you know, if you're in banking, you start in banking. Well, not at all. You were in, you were in politics, working with the Prime Minister. It's different. So, uh, so that's how I came into banking. And I came to love banking. It's really exciting. And I think what the banks do for the companies is like the, 
the blood vessels in the body and, and how you can really support the company, the big, uh, large companies and smaller, of course, is, it's been really, really exciting. And a lot have, has happened within banking industry since I started as well with, with the set by European Union and all sorts of different challenges, regulations and whatnot. So it, it's been exciting. And for the companies, finding ways, new ways of supporting them in different ways. So I started with Avon Amro, an international Dutch bank, um, and there, from there I went into a Fortis bank that was a smaller bank focusing on smaller companies, but it was also greenfield operations. So when I, when I started in Stockholm, we didn't even have telephones in the office. So I started really with, with blank, everything was blank. And I was busy with sort of everything there, connecting the bank to the clearing and settlement institutes in Stockholm, hiring people, training back office in Krakow, and at the same time starting to sell cash management solutions in, in Sweden and Denmark. So crazy, crazy, crazy days, but so much fun. I really love it when I get into unknown territory and get opportunities to solve things I, I didn't even know existed that were problems, you know? So it was fantastic few years, but then I was uh, hired by Deutsche Bank, which was much more stable and, and completely different and from there, I was hiding to JP Morgan. So again, an American bank with American solutions, focusing on, on other things in other parts of the world. So I've been in banking, but I've been focusing on completely different parts of the world all the time. Solutions to maybe the same companies many times, but um, different parts of their organizations. And after that, I came through a friend into uh, IT and FinTech and started with Tieto. So I've been working with Tieto for a few years, and now I'm with Finastra since August last year. So I'm quite new here to this organization still. It's so wonderful hearing how you explain that. And I love something that you said there. You said, I love solving problems I never even knew existed. And this yeah. is so true for, for the world we know as fintech today, you know, and financial services and technology and, and having to really learn the industry that you're in and, and the fact that there are so many problems that if you weren't in this industry you wouldn't even be aware of so it's fascinating to hear your journey i've been very lucky mm. so it takes me on to my next question what does your current role encompass in terms of the challenges that you face and overcome finding new solutions that match the needs of the companies and, you know sometimes we have solutions for needs that don't even know again you know we come back to the unknown so you always have to think, how can you solve that? How can you sell that? How can you explain that you should be doing this? And selling solutions to banks is a long process. Banks do not move quickly, and they shouldn't. We know that. They should not move too quickly. So uh, that's a challenge. But also, in my organization, we have new solutions. And nothing is like, when I was in the bank, you know, they had a price list, and you could just go offer transaction price X, Y, Z. And here you have to find out, you have to create the solution, find who is responsible, how can that match the client, and how can you tuck it all together, and then finding a price to that. And that is a process, which is very different. Yeah, yeah. I love how with all of them, the challenges that you talk about, you say, oh, great fun, great fun. And your, your mindset to to challenge and how you overcome it is just wonderful and it's really infectious you know so I love hearing about it I was interested in your insights because you know you've worked in the banking world you've moved to a fintech 
A lot of people that I talk to ask me about the differences between the two day to day. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. A bank is much more like the Ministry for Foreign Affairs. You're really strict and you do certain things, you do it one way. You have to be careful not to make any big mistakes in that kind of organizations. It's crucial. So you're much more boxed in one way of thinking. While in a normal fintech, you have to find new solutions. You have to find new organizational ways of working. You have to find new contacts all the time because the next solution is never the same. You sell one core bank platform to a bank and they're going to remain there for a long, long time before you can find out the new way of selling something. So most of the things I do is new all the time. It's new and challenging and different to what I've done ever before. That's a great way of explaining it because again, it's that mindset, isn't it? From kind of being restricted into, you know, fitting in with exactly how you need to be able to push things forward, but for, you know, regulatory reasons that make sense. But you know, from the fintech point of view, you've just said new, new, new. You've just got to work it out. You've got to make it happen, which is really inspiring to hear that from you. My next question takes us back a little bit towards what this podcast series is about. This Women of Fintech podcast series, it started off being under its name, very gender focused. And, you know, I, I think that actually what's really apparent is inclusion is much wider than that. And I wanted to ask you about your inclusion journey. I was really thinking about inclusion and where does it start and where does it stop? And to me, inclusion starts much earlier than than a workplace or a fintech or a bank. I think an inclusive mindset you have with you or maybe you don't. And if you feel sort of comfortable and safe, you're much more inclined to be inclusive than otherwise. If you have a good self-confidence or if you have more of a curiosity mindset, then it's maybe easier to be inclusive. But I think I've seen organizations also where, where they really exclude people. You have a manager that had tight group around him, more normally him, right? And they won't let anybody near. And I've seen it physically and I've seen it, you know, really. And it's very hard to get through. And I think people that do that, that surround the manager tightly like that, they're insecure. They're afraid somebody's going to nick their job. They're afraid they're not going to be heard. And to be very inclusive as a company, I think it really has to do with management that drills down a sort of security for the employers, lift them up, what to do matters, and be inclusive and act inclusive in their way and, and in everybody's way. But inclusive mindset, you have to bring with you. And not be afraid to ask, you know, if the recruiting process, I was supporting in theater, I was supporting another manager recruitments because I had good contacts within the industry. I happened to recruit, I think, two or three ladies into a male-dominated world, but then they needed yet another one. And I just happened to have lunch with, with a guy who was looking for jobs. So I just introduced them a month later, he'd signed. And then there was a man into the group before, and it was great. So be open-minded being curious, do whatever you can do, take the step, invite people that reach out and say, can we have lunch or whatever? It might be a success story. Yeah, really, really useful to hear that. And quite a unique way of explaining it, which I really, really respect. And I think that's so helpful because you're so right. 
if people are excluding others, it's because they're insecure with themselves. But now that you've said it, just as simply as that, it's almost like a click moment for me, of course. And we've got to do more about enhancing people's confidence levels. And you're so right, it starts before work altogether, doesn't it? So let's take that a bit further. What are your thoughts on the market and what we should be doing more of for workplace inclusion? I think, first of all, we have to raise awareness. If you do this thing, if you are exclusive, normally not because you think you want to be. You, you don't think I want to push out somebody, not, not consciously. I don't think people are like that. They are insecure. So make people more secure. Make them feel confident in their roles and responsibilities. And raise awareness. You interview different people in different roles and, and don't have a closed mindset before you start asking people. My career, I've done so many different things. And people have been open to me as a person and believing that I could learn and I could act. So I have been treated really, really well. And I think I would like to share that if I get an opportunity because I've been treated well. And, you know, it generates this rings on the water. But it has to come from management. They have to point it out. This is, it's not okay to be exclusive. Absolutely. And what great lessons for us to take away. I think this security piece is absolutely key building confidence and ensuring that it's from management down is, is really really important and this raising of awareness so it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you today and learning about your career and it's been so inspiring to just to listen to your mindset of just every challenge is something fun for you and I think that's amazing and no wonder you're, you're the success that you are so it's been brilliant talking to you thank you so much for joining me on the women of fintech podcast series Thank you, Nadia. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>